Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Live Free Podcast, where we help you guys reach financial independence through real estate and other investments. I'm here with JD, as usual, also joined by good investor friends of JD and I, Skylar and Michelle. JD, do you want to introduce our guests? I would love to. We have a very special feature today with Skylar Lash and Michelle Rose Lash. They are newlywed investors who have been building their real estate portfolio without living in the state in which they invest. This is super cool to me, Mike, and I love to hear how they do it because I usually buy in-state um, and it takes a lot of cojones to invest out of state the way that they do and have the success that they've had. So I can't wait to get into how that they, they've built a team uh, and how they've been able to invest completely passively so that they can focus on their active lifestyles. Uh, they both are very successful professionals and it's cool how they're able to catapult here with the, the passive stuff. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely very scary to start and invest when, when you're not close by, you can't like if there's a problem that goes wrong, you can't just quickly just go there and, and figure it out. Um, you have to really rely on other people and it's, it's really hard to give up sort of that, that power and, and like give trust in, in people to, to make sure stuff gets done. Yeah, totally. So I want to get into the background on Skylar and Michelle here, uh, so that everyone can get to know them a little better. Yeah, sure. So first off, how old are you guys? Hey guys, thanks for having us. By the end of the week, we'll both be 30. Someone's got a birthday coming up. Yep, Thursday I will be 30. Um, so I'll be joining the uh, the 30 club. <laughs> wow. Oh, dirty 30. <laughs> so what, what were you guys doing before you started investing in real estate? Is it what you still currently do? Give us a little bit of that. I'll go first. So I have my bachelor's degree in biology. And I have a master's in business administration. So I started in nutraceuticals for a while up here in Boston. And then oh, I worked pause. in my... What is a nutraceutical? <laughs> it's basically dietary supplements. So think GNC type of things, sports nutrition, pre-workout, protein powder, <laughs> all the fun oh, stuff. So you, you make ghost. Pretty much. I actually <laughs> met the owner at one point. That was pretty cool. Right. Yeah. So, so that's what I did for... Right out of college. And then I got into healthcare where I worked as a business development manager in New England. So throughout COVID, I was working in healthcare. It was rough to say the least. And I know that a lot of different industries hit uh, got hit differently, but I think that it really pushed us to our limits. And it really, it it's like a pressure cooker, right? You shine, <laughs> diamonds are made under pressure. So a lot of us came out stronger than ever. Um, but I think with getting into real estate, investing in that, I found a new passion and I found something that really kind of gets me excited and doesn't stress me out as much as healthcare did. So that's where I'm transitioning to. I think you'll have fun with that. You're, you're a really good people person. So that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't go now. Uh, so I have my BA in economics. I currently work in cyber insurance. I'm an AVP of business development for an insure tech startup. Uh, my whole career, I've been in cyber insurance. I started in claims, um, been on the underwriting side, and now I'm on the sales side. So um, don't intend to jump out of cyber insurance unless it's kind of just into a more real estate driven role or football coaching. So I think um, from a, I guess, work standpoint, just in general, cyber insurance um, all the way. So Wow. So it kind of sounds like you guys have jobs that don't really relate to real estate at all. So how did you, how did you find out that you want to do real estate? Yeah. So I originally owned a home in Jersey, uh, bought it in 2018. Uh, and I rented out a room to a couple of friends as I was, as I was living there. So JD was actually one of them. And I was, 
at the time, I didn't realize that it would be a start of my real estate journey. Um, I was just excited to have remits. So um, it ended up being almost a nightly talk with JD about scheming about our future and generating some passive income and kind of like where we wanted to be like after. So um, for Michelle and I, we both shared the same kind of goal to create a passive income flow um, as soon as we could um, once we once we narrowed that down. So we originally discussed buying a, a multifamily home here in Massachusetts, um, but it turns out that this market is not the greatest. <laughs> so um, we obviously knew that you guys were, were in Philly, so we had to change directs a little bit. Yeah, so first I wanna thank you for, for housing me for a little bit. <laughs> uh, fun fact for everyone out there, I've actually never paid rent or been on a traditional lease. The only time I've ever paid rent was to Skyler in his successful house hack. Um, <laughs> after Skyler introduced me to house hacking, I realized I wanted to be the one who was house hacking. Uh, and I moved out shortly thereafter into the Philadelphia market. Uh, what did you guys like about the Philadelphia market? What were you seeing in Boston that you didn't find as attractive? So right off the bat, you could see the comparison between the houses that were on the market for the same price. When you're looking at Philly, you can get a brand new sparkling new build that was like three bedrooms. And I can't emphasize this enough, brand spanking new. For the same price up here in Massachusetts, you can get a two bedroom tiny house that was built in 1935 that needs a full renovation. So just kind of taking a look at that side by side that showed us, okay, Massachusetts is not where we should be buying at this point in our lives, whether it's for personal purposes or investment purposes. So, so what attracted you to that, that new construction? Yeah. So new construction and Philly are subject to a 10 year tax abatement. So that's one of the biggest things for us. Um, it, it really drove down our monthly payment as we were diving into a short-term rental approach. Um, we, originally kind of looked at investing as like a, obviously a long-term play, but in the short term, having that extra couple hundred bucks a month, it's going to go a long way in getting our next unit or house. Um, so that was a big, big play for us. And I would also say as out-of-state owners, we wanted to pretty much keep the stress at, at a minimum. So we wanted to go to a market that we knew was already succeeding. So we knew that JD had houses in this area. He was doing very well. He showed us the portfolio that he had. And going for that brand new house as opposed to a fixer upper, we knew that we didn't have to keep an eye out really for anything that was going to go wrong. Everything was just installed only a couple of months prior. So that is really something that pushed us to go towards these newer houses in the Philly area. Yeah, it makes the most sense for a strong jump start. Uh, I see a lot of new investors who are either just when they're doing their research, they find that everyone wants to be that that person who flips a house or does a major renovation and comes out with a ton of money but as a new investor it's it's such a risky play because if you calculated one thing wrong you have to maybe fix a roof or replace something you weren't planning on you someone who's probably strapped strapped with cash just starting are now trying to dig yourself out of a big hole so i think you guys made an awesome play in jump starting getting into something that had a lot less risk but had the upside also, one thing I'll add in there is that neither of us are handy. We will not, even wait, if the wait, house- Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 <laughs> to an extent, I will say. Okay. So <laughs> if we even had the house down the block from us that we were investing, we would not be the type of people to go in there, gut it, fix something- Okay, to that the, I'll agree with. To the full extent that is needed. And we also don't really have a network of, of contractors up here. We are both from out of state. I'm from New York, he's from Pennsylvania. 
So we don't really have go-to people up here if we were to invest in Massachusetts. So really having that network of people that you can trust and knowing that that's not going to be us no matter, no matter where the house is, that really made a difference. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it did. Um, what sort of drew you guys into the short-term rental route? Why why didn't you go like a long-term rental route like so many other people? Yeah, so primarily it was because, well, mainly we saw the success JD was having and his clientele. Um, second, just the monthly return. It was just such a drastic difference. Um, Long-term obviously is safer because you have a full-year lease that you don't really have to worry about. And from the same management standpoint, um, we could have a management team handle a long-term lease. Um, so it is a little bit riskier having a short-term rental, but the returns overall, um, we've been doing, or we've been in Philly for about a year and a half now. Um, and the returns have just proven that we went the right route. So. And I think that when we were on the fence about whether we should do short-term rental or long-term rental, JD being so transparent about the financial analyses that he had on his properties was such a game changer. I think I am a very detailed oriented person and I look at the nitty gritty details on every single report. So to see an itemized list of exactly what dollar is going in, what dollar is going out for every little line item on these reports that really drew me in because I now knew, okay, if I put this mon much money into this property, this is how much I'll make on month one, month two, month three. And he showed us a portfolio of properties that were very comparable to the houses that we were interested in buying within our budget. So that for me as a very detailed oriented person, that really gave me that, that proof and the comfort knowing that, okay, he explained everything at length. Yeah, I'm sure it was really helpful really getting that full picture from from already established rentals like like JD had um, and really just seeing like because because some of the times you don't think about these minor expenses that do come up like needing extra, you know, supplies or things like that. that you don't actually think about when you're running running your own numbers and doing your own due diligence, but actually being able to see like history from multiple rentals. I'm sure it was really nice to get that full picture. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think Skylar hit a really big point with the risk outlook. Uh, short-term rentals, even though they're the hot thing now, they're still relatively new, especially compared to long-term rentals. And anywhere that you're investing where there's uh, kind of a, a difference in the risk, right? So there's risk to short-term rentals, there's risk to long-term rentals, but the, the market is not pricing the amount of risk into short-term rentals appropriately. So you can get into a short-term rental with a lot more upside because the market, there just aren't enough people interested in short-term rentals yet to drive the, the risk reward uh, back to where it should be. So with that, uh, you guys are just getting into everything. I wanna hear how you came up with the funds, uh, where, where you got the money to get into this rental. Yeah, so obviously we had our, our day jobs, um, but we, I personally was involved with a couple other things. Um, I, I ref flag football and basketball, um, coach one-on-one -on -one football players, uh, youth. Um, and in addition, we pulled out of a couple investments that were, were doing pretty well. So we were able to convert that. Um, and I've so. been burrowing money away in my high yield savings account for many years. Um, that's something that I thought was the best investment opportunity at the time 
where that high yields 2.5% interest rate was growing so fast, but really that wasn't that fast compared to what other opportunities we came across. But uh, that's something that I, I was building up over time to save for probably my own personal house. But this was, it was something that we had on hand for the right moment, I'd say. Yeah, and we're lucky because we were able to do it as a joint effort. So re we really only had to come up with half of the funds each. Mm -hmm. um, that's just, we were fortunate to be in that position and, and it's been working out. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier when you have two people who can kind of pull their own funds and, and make it much cheaper for both of you uh, together. Yeah, and it, it really helps with the, the risk portion of it too. When you're going in with someone else, you feel like you have uh, the efforts of the other person and someone else to fall back on. Like you're in it together, which is really nice. And I think you guys have a great partnership. I mean, you you got married, um, so the the grounds for the partnership make a ton of sense uh, at that point. And I think it's really cool to hear you talk about high yield, Michelle, and and how high high yield was redefined for you. Oh um, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> um, you want to walk us through a little bit how you went about founding your first property? So after you get all these funds, where did you start to look, and and why did you choose this area? Yeah, so uh, we are we are out of state, obviously. So we drove down to Philly. Uh, we made a weekend out of it uh, just to hang out with the team, CJD. My brother lives down there as well. Uh, but then on Sunday, I think we toured uh, eighteen to twenty houses um, that day specifically. Uh, and, and in it, Philly, you can walk everywhere too, which is awesome. So you don't have to drive to that many houses. Yeah. So we <laughs> took we took each little area, saw a couple houses, drove to the next spot saw a couple houses um it turns out that the very last house that we toured ended up being the one so um we almost didn't go see that one too so yeah pretty we, happy that we did we almost tabs out on that we were actually between two properties at the end of the day so we left and we had our notes written down we we're with the jd and uh, skyler's brother and myself skyler and we're just kind of going through the nitty-gritty and we were between two houses, which is funny looking back, but at the time we're like, wow, these are both beautiful houses around the same size. This one house that had a playground next to it. We're like, wow, it's going to be great for people with kids. Um, Skylar, um, <laughs> the, this, this house that we thought was in a great location, it actually, when you go down to the bottom level, it had a basement that was built for munchkins. So Skylar is six, six and the doorknobs for the doors were at his kneecaps. <laughs> so that as funny as that was, that wasn't the deal breaker. We actually found out that that beautiful house was built in like, I don't know, 1960 or something. And they just did a, a full gut of the house and made it look brand new. But the deal breaker was that that house didn't come with the 10 year tax abatement, like Skylar was saying earlier. So that's where we leaned into the other house, which is our, at the time it was our soon to be home. And that had a lot of features that were kind of unique that had a fireplace. Not many houses had fireplaces, had a roof deck, uh, plenty of space, plenty of bedrooms. So sizable backyard. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's good that you bring that up. The, the full gut rehab, <laughs> as, as well as it was finished it, and I think it was maybe a hundred thousand dollars less or, or yeah, you know, it was, it was. Yep. but because they were being wishy-washy on whether they whether or not they were going to get the tax payment from the city, we couldn't get confirmation. Uh, when you end up running the numbers, the mortgage for each house was exactly the same because of the property tax or no property tax, respectively. Um, and I'm really glad you guys guys went with the one that you did. It's always really hard as a real estate agent, and, and you guys are should know this as well, um, getting into the space. 
trying to help your client pick out a house is very difficult because they clearly like one or they like the other and you don't want to like try to talk them in or out of something um any more than your your expertise wants you to push them to like what you truly think is better and you can all you can do is express your opinion and I, i'm really glad you guys chose the one that you ended up falling in love with at the end of the day yeah even though you didn't want to push us <laughs> your little tidbits of information really did help make that decision because back to the details you showed us that breakdown of okay guys if this is how much you want to put down for it you're still going to be paying this much each month this much money each month so that really did help yeah so when you were looking for all the houses what was it that made you pick one was it uh were you looking for a particular return particular cash and cash cash flow appreciation what was it that you were really looking for that would make you pick one over the other yeah so our first well the main point of criteria was the layout so there were a lot of there are a lot of houses in philly that are i guess not built the best for in terms of the layout stand like perspective as it pertains to short-term rentals. So we might, you might get the same kind of square footage, but the one that we got is like wide open room, uh, massive basement, like roof deck, backyard. And then, so like just seeing it and walking in, like we knew that one would be one that would perform. Um, but obviously we want to see monthly cash flow come in, but we'd be happy each month if we broke even because we know that we're building equity um, and we know that down the line, we're going to be able to leverage these properties to get into some other ones. So um, initially, we were just super juiced up to find something that we knew would per perform um, because the first half of the day wasn't wasn't showing some great prospects. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we got in at a good time um, and because it's new construction and Philly's gentrifying. We also get to see some appreciation on that, too. Um, so. I think that was a multitude of things. That was kind of one of the cool things touring around in person. You get to see the block. Um, it's something that we could have just been told by JD or someone else that was in the area, but really seeing how many houses were being torn down and rebuilt around our house was pretty motivating too, because we knew that every time a new house went up around ours, our value just keeps increasing and they renovated. Sure enough, actually, this one had a playground across the street. So <laughs> got a pretty good location for this one too, I realized. Um, but this one, it was just being like Skyler said, gentrified and everything is just building up around us that over the past few years that we've had this house, we've seen so many new houses go up. So that really, now that we're looking at more houses to buy in the area, we take a look at that too, because we want to see, okay, when we are ready to sell this and down the road, can we sell this for a much higher value than we bought it for? So it sounds like you guys were, were interested in making sure it had the amenities to cash flow where you wanted, but also you kept the appreciation play in mind and the neighborhood was important to you, uh, which is a really cool dual perspective to have on it. Now, I want to get into the, the fun part of short-term rentals, and that's the, the design, the, the furnishing of it. Um, I know you guys, so you guys have, have bought multiple investments at this point, and I know that as as it went on, your strategy kind of changed. So I'd love to hear you talk about the strategy with the first one. And later we'll talk about some of your future investments and, and how you played those out. Yeah. So I think uh, this is definitely a question for Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <laughs> that was, it's a growing experience, let's say. So first house, I was super gung-ho with being a part of every minute. Um, I think that it was exciting because even though it's an investment property, it's still our first house. And I cared about every little detail. I wanted to make sure that 
the curtains matched the bedding and I wanted to make sure that there was plants in every room. So I was pretty vocal and involved. Uh, Lab Creates was amazing. Um, Tommy was a designer that we were working with on our house and he pretty much walked us through everything. He made a design for every single level of our house, every room, every inch, every down to the utensils that were used in the kitchen. So seeing that itemized list and then the layout on PowerPoint about how, where everything was going to be, what the colors were, he really took the reins for that. And then as far as it goes with my involvement there, I went down to, I think, when did we go down? The day before, the day it closed or the day after maybe? Within the week, (laughs) within the week of closing, we both went down when the furniture was being delivered and I ran out to the store and I got a couple extra plants to put around. I I got some like a a little holder for the Keurig pods. We actually brought one of our Keurig machines that we had in the house down um, to donate because we had an extra one. So I, I think in the beginning I was really involved, but it was more so because I was just so excited to finally have a house. Um, but then fast forward a couple of, a year later, let's say to the Poconos house, uh, we didn't even see that house before we bought it. We saw pictures. We didn't go there. We were, we didn't walk through. I think we got a, a cool, uh, video tour by Tommy. Yeah. That was, yeah. uh, obviously a much different scenario for us. So we wanted to get a place in the Poconos to combat the seasonality of Philly and, we just didn't have the opportunity to go down and see it. So we originally went to go, I mean, online, we went to find a couple places. We worked with the team to find one and we found one uh, and ended up following through, but then we fell right into one that was already ready to go. The design was already established and it fit our numbers. Yeah. So we really were just like, we looked at it and within like, I don't know, 10 minutes, maybe we were like, okay, this is the one that we want now. So we moved forward with it. And then we hadn't seen it for probably about six months. Yeah. And that was the first time we saw it back in August. And I'll throw in there too. I think because Tommy was so patient with us, more so me, (laughs) in the beginning with the Philly house, he really got to know us and he got to know kind of what we cared about. The fact that we had blackout curtains in every room and the fact that we had plants all over. I think greenery brightens up a space and makes it a little bit more homey. So Tommy took the time in our first development with him to really discuss the logic behind his designs and what our interests are and what he's looking at. And just the communication was just so clear that going to the next house, he just, he nailed it. I mean, I think we changed maybe two things. We added a, a we, big, a, wait, we added a big buck hunter because our, our, a special unique feature in our houses. We like to put game rooms in there. We think that if you're staying at a short-term rental, it's bad weather, you should have a good time anyway. So we have a full-on game room in our Philly house. And for Poconos, we had Big Buck Hunter. And did we, we upgraded one of the lights. We got a massive oh yeah deer antlers chandelier. Yeah. <laughs> it's the theme yeah. and a pool table too. So it's it's pretty badass. Yeah, you put the extra amenities in there. Um, you spent some extra dollars putting your personal touches on it. And I think that's a really cool feature. And I think this is where you guys turned into true out-of-state investors because you spent 10 minutes looking at it on Zillow and you went under contract. <laughs> you closed in March, but the first time you saw the house was in August. Uh, so yeah. those those facts are, are what are really cool. Um, the fact that you were able to get it closed, get it set up, get it running. 
um, without ever even being in the home and then going to it for the first time, not necessarily unannounced, but I think you got a, a true experience of, of what the guests get uh, showing up. Yeah, for sure. That was really cool. I think that it, it's bizarre to think that we bought a house and it's been up and running as a business for months before we actually see it. But what, and I think it was a perfect time personally that we went to go visit as well. Um, because we were in the middle of wedding planning and just wedding season. And we were traveling every single weekend during the summer. And it was just a Sunday instead of driving all the way back to Massachusetts from Pennsylvania. We're like, you know what, let's stay a night at our, our house. And it worked out so well because we were able to enjoy it as owners being proud of what was created, you know, from scratch. But then as guests, we had a nice little relaxing retreat getaway for one night, just the two of us, which is very, very rare in our lives. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the perks of short-term rentals is if it's vacant, you can use it. Um, and you don't hurt any of your income, uh, which you could never do with a long-term lease. I can't even imagine telling a tenant, Hey, I'm stopping by tonight. Have the bed, have the bed ready. <laughs> that's so weird. Get an air mattress in the closet for me. <laughs> Lay out the yeah, we could do that. <laughs> Make you some dinner, maybe. Well, I, I hope you guys gave yourself a five-star review. Um, <laughs> I, we don't, I don't think we're allowed to do it for that. Not wish. Yeah. Because but... <laughs> we were just kind of snuck in there. We weren't actual renters. <laughs> yeah. We would have, though. <laughs> so you've got you've got that second one in the Poconos locked down. What is, what is your financial strategy moving forward now that you've had success buying out of state, um, very hands-off? Yeah, so uh, we took a little break uh, for the wedding, obviously. We had to plan and pay for that. So now that uh, that is all wrapped up, we have to, uh, I think, start taking a look at what else is out there. So we'll either take a look at what, what else is in Philly, what else is in Poconos. Um, I think our next move is to either buy something that we actually live in, because we plan on moving back to Pennsylvania in the spring, or we'll buy something else as an investment and either rent or figure it out. So um, I think in, in the short term, we're just going to be taking a look at Zillow to see what else is out there, see what kinds of things are there. Mm -hmm. And then as we get towards February, March, make a decision. And I think one more part of our strategy too, is that we're not living beyond our means right now. We are not living in a frilly building house for our home. We have just a, a standard house that we're renting up here in Massachusetts. No AC, which really sucks, but saves us money. No heating in the basement. <laughs> no heating in the basement. We have to repair <laughs> a lot of stuff every other month, but we're putting our investment properties first right now. We know that we can tough it out. We don't have any kids right now. We can make do with the, the squeaky stairs and the windows that don't close properly. <laughs> um, but that that's part of the strategy as well, is that we know that it's better for the long term to build up our portfolio of short-term rentals. So when the time does come that we do want to settle down a little bit and enjoy the frills and have kids and splurge on some things, we're going to have no problem affording all of that. So right now we we kind of take it pretty easy. Yeah, totally. Sacrificing now so that you can have a better future for yourselves and uh, your future children. That that's what we all do it for, um, yeah. for sure. And it's really cool to, to watch you guys live that. Um, I want to hear a little more about kind of the decision to either buy an investment in rent or to buy something to move into. Because I think this is a problem that a lot of investors face. And as investors, it's very difficult for us to pay rent to someone else. Yeah. Um, yep. So I'd love to hear a little more on kind of how you're 
answering that that issue because I everyone has it. Yeah, so that's um, I mean, that is a tough one even for us because we know we want to live in Pennsylvania, but we don't know where yet, and we know that we want to at least find a starter Pennsylvania home when we do get down there. So, looking at it like living up here in Massachusetts, I'm thinking like maybe the best route is to buy another investment property, rent there for a year, and then take that year to go find a house to live in instead of at this moment, I think buying a house that you want to live in is a little bit more, there's a little bit more efforts that that's needed versus buying an investment property. Because I think um, at this point, like you mentioned earlier, we can just ask the team to find us a solid investment property. But at this moment, I don't think we can ask the team to find us a house that we would want to live in because we have such unique preferences, Yeah, I would say. And I think all of your buyers probably do. Totally. And that, that's not make, Yeah, we just want faces. Yeah. We just and want the property to really yield any kind of return and then be better from an appreciation standpoint. So, yeah. And it, it's a lot easier with an investment to just kind of find something that, that looks good, run the numbers, the numbers check out. Okay, let's go. Uh, the criteria is very preset. Whereas with your own home, you might not even understand your preferences yet. So yeah. if you're looking in markets you're not totally familiar with in, in Pennsylvania, uh, those submarkets take a little time to explore. Uh, so it's it's a little bit harder to find, even, even if someone knows the market really well, um, they have to know you really well and you have to know you really well and combine that with knowing the area well. And that's, that's where it gets kind of tricky to commit to something you're gonna be living in. It's a whole different criteria set. Yeah. And I think we're every day we're learning more about what we like and what we don't like. We've lived in what three different places together at least. Yeah. Three, three and a half. Three and a half. <laughs> we lived in a couple of different places together before this house. And every place that we've lived, we pick apart different things. Okay. We want this in our future home. We don't want that. So we're still learning what we actually want. So we're totally fine with renting, you know, saving the extra money instead of paying another mortgage right now, just renting out for another year or so. But I think that when the time does come where we are ready to spend the money on a house for ourselves to live in, we'll know what we want. We'll have the money to afford that. And it'll be a lot more of a smooth process. And it's worth, it's going to be worth the wait. We know that. Oh, most definitely. Um, what, what would you say is good advice for someone who, who wants to invest out of state, but is, is scared or doesn't quite know where to start? Yeah, so I think my my first piece of advice would be would be to find a trusted partner um, because you can't do it without somebody you, you mesh well with. Um, I we obviously obviously really mesh well with the Live Free team. Um, they we've got three properties with you guys, <laughs> and they're all doing pretty good right now. So um, we're fortunate in that we already have a team that we know that we trust. Mm -hmm. And for us, like we would recommend this team if they, if for, to anybody who wants to get into Pennsylvania. So, but the issue is not everybody wants to get in Pennsylvania, but the thing is that they have to go find somebody that they mesh well with so that they can have not only the real estate or the agent services, but also the management services, the cleaning, the trash, yeah. the <laughs> hosting, everything. So I think nailing down who you want to work with before finding a property would be helpful for new new buyers because they'll need some assistance to walk to go through the process 
And I think just kind of on a different perspective, we have some friends that have invested out of state and they're very much DIYers where they see, I don't know if the, the management fee is what's kind of hindering them from going forward with working with a management company, but it's, it's worth it <laughs> point blank, like pay the whatever percentage it takes to have a professional run your business because that's their job and they know how to do it. We've had friends who invest out of state and they try to keep up with the different teams that they're, hire they're hiring, whether it's the cleaning crew or the trash pickup or the renovations that they have to keep up with or the replacements of appliances when they break. And that's a whole nother job. So if you're a full-time employee working in another state, even trying to handle your investment property, that's a whole nother job. So just consider that because even though you you take pride in, oh, I can, even if you are a handy person, you can do it yourself. I, I can, I can find people. I look on Craigslist. I'll look on all of these websites to find professionals in the area to outsource my responsibilities to. I advise against that because it really is like Skylar said, if you mesh well with the team who's already perfecting that process and looking at every detail as to how things run smoothly and successfully and cost efficiently, I think that's what you should lean towards. That's that's my biggest piece of advice because we, we do have a couple of friends who are on the fence about that right now. So really lean into that team. Yeah, no, and it's great that you noted that because a lot of people don't realize like even having a rental in your own state when you're close by it, it is a full-time job in itself. So yeah. you can only imagine doing it out, out of state like you guys do um, where you can't just be on the ground and, and run over real quick and, and fix whatever issues there are. Um, so yeah. it really is important to either find boots on the ground um, with a management company or or find some some other people there. It makes it a little more difficult when you try trying to still manage things. So it, it definitely is beneficial to have that management company in place that will handle everything for you. Yeah. And you have, I think when you go through life, you learn from your mistakes that if you're doing one property, one house, you make mistakes little by little. But, you know, if we're an entire business working together, we kind of learn from other people's mistakes and we learn from other people's successes as well. So I think one thing I've realized from our house compared to one of my friends, you guys have noise detectors in all of your houses. So you know when there's a party going on. And if there is, you get right over there and you figure out what's going on and shut it down and, you know, address that. When you're out of state and you don't either don't have noise detectors or you have noise detectors going off and you can't get there, that's not going to work out well for you. So I have a friend who had a party going on out of state at his property and they trashed the entire place. And even though he's a DIYer, he could not get the time off of work to actually get everything done. And he had to fight the insurance companies to actually get the money to rectify it. So little things like that, you don't realize that you will experience and having a professional team to handle that is a saving grace. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of little things that a management company will do, like having those noise awares and, and a bunch of other little things that you won't even realize like that they do, but they all just add up and it, it really makes their management fee, whatever it be, worth it for whatever it is. And oh a lot of people forget that the reason they got into real estate in the first place is they wanted to keep it passive. They wanted to stop working so much and do the things they want to do, but they get so caught up in, in trying to save that management fee that they end up spending so much time doing it that they're not even like getting that pass passivity that they wanted in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with short-term rentals, uh, whether you're managing one or 10 or a hundred, it's a 24 seven job. Like you're going to get messages anytime, something go wrong anytime. And there's, there's much more urgency than there is with a long-term rental. And where I think you guys benefited a ton is you don't fall into the, the trap of wanting to do things yourselves because you are out of state, 
Whereas mm -hmm. other people, I have a buddy who owns dozens of properties is, is much past the millionaire point. But if something goes wrong in one of his places, he's over there painting between turnovers. I'm like, you, you make like 40, $50 an hour and your investments make you like probably thousands a day. Uh, and you're out there painting when you could have someone in there for like 15 bucks an hour doing it. Like it, you should be chasing more real estate, man. Uh, yeah. so I, I'm really happy for you guys that you were able to avoid that trap, um, and have success out of state. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about your guys' Instagram. Yeah. So, uh, we have a, a lash properties, Instagram, uh, where we post, uh, some pictures of our, of our properties and our reviews. So we haven't been posting as much lately, but so we need definitely need to get back into it, but it's uh, basically an outlet for us to connect to um, other short-term rental pages. Uh, we're, I think we're connected to maybe about seven or 800 other short-term rentals on there. And then also we actually get people, we have people reach out to us on, on there to see if our, our place is open. So if that's not even something that we intended it to be like as a, I guess a booking outlet, but people reach out and ask for availability, ask for the links. Um, so that's been pretty cool, but yeah, it's uh lash properties. If you guys want to check it out, check it out. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's a really good point because you guys definitely <laughs> seem like you started to have more of like a scrapbooking and, uh, just kind of follow your own journey and keep that that mapped out. So for you guys to be able to create a network of other investors to to work with and uh, to bounce ideas back and forth with, and then to get stage generated at your place from from running that Instagram, those are two really cool benefits um, along with the, the scrapbooking benefit. It's just cool how it all came together for you guys. Yeah, it, it was definitely a, uh, it was definitely just for us to start. Um, because we were just posting pics of, of the house with no followers. So <laughs> it ended up like, like you said, it ended up turning into something, something pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you something. If, if you've been struggling to keep up with it, do you think outsourcing it could be a good move moving forward? That is an interesting question. So I think it could be if it was taxing, but <laughs> it's not taxing at this but point. as a, um, out-of-state investor who eventually will probably have a full team, I would say, down the line, that I think that that would definitely be something that would be involved in yeah. Lash Properties. And what I hear in your answer is that you enjoy doing it. And I think that's- I think we do. We definitely do. We definitely enjoy we are... doing it. But we also, like I said, we, we have gotten away from it. Um, but I've been saving the posts. I just haven't been really- keeping up with posting. So. Yeah. I think it's kind of fun for us. Like we don't have a lot of downtime together because of how much we travel and whatnot and work. Yeah. <laughs> so to, to take the time, even just like come up with captions, take a couple of pics, like little things like that. Mm -hmm. That's it's fun for us. But I think like you said, JD, as things grow, it might become a little bit too much <laughs> as of right now it's manageable. But I think that if, if, and when it does take off, we could outsource that. I love to hear it. Yeah, it's it definitely is a little easier when you have a couple places, but once you guys have like 10, 20 places, yeah. uh, it'll be super cool it's to see tough. all the reviews go through <laughs> and have someone helping you out with it. Um, and there's there's no one stopping you from getting involved in it at that point either. Like you can outsource some of the work um, and keep it like running up to date, but you guys can always poke in and do the networking, uh, push yeah. the bookings and, and do the parts that, that you truly love. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that'll be cool for you at some point. Uh, oh yeah.
Yeah, but so outside of real estate, what other passions do you guys have? What what other things do you try to do? I like to cook a lot. So this has been tough with the wedding because our kitchen has been full of like all crafts and flower stuff and gifts and just a lot of a lot of boxes because we also had an out of state wedding. So everything was just a mess. We like out of state investors, <laughs> out of state wedding. Oh yeah. Oh. So but but I do love cooking and I, I'm not a baker though. I'm actually pretty bad at that. <laughs> I was raised by an Italian grandma. So and my mom loved to cook as well. So I do enjoy that. And I like traveling a lot. As much as I might complain sometimes about how tired I am and I, I might I just want a weekend at home. I really do like seeing new places and meeting new people or meeting people from Skylar's past that I haven't met before. And I think that's part of why I like real estate and investing is because I like checking out new, new areas and I like seeing what's on the rise and what's changed over the years. So, yeah, I do like traveling as much as I might complain sometimes. Yeah. So I like obviously love football, um, played football in college. I currently coach um, the running backs at MIT. So that's been a pretty cool experience that I'm, I'm going to miss when we, we move to Pennsylvania. Um, obviously, a lot of gaming, um, less of friends, like hanging out with Michelle sometimes. So, <laughs> um, flag football as well. We both yeah. play on a flag football team together. Mm -hmm. He plays more often on men's league teams, but we'll do a co-ed league together mm -hmm. on Sundays. So we do we do like spending time together as well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I would add both of you to my flag football fantasy team. Oh, yeah. No, it's a fun time. It's hysterical because we I started out not wanting to play with him because he would just criticize me and yell because I wasn't doing Nicely. it right. <laughs> but then once I snuck into the roster, was it last year, maybe the year before, I actually did pretty well. He's like, all right, you can stay. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it changed a little bit, but it, it really is fun. It's the coach in him. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Coach her up a little bit. <laughs> Got gloves. <laughs> uh, all right, let's transition. I wanna I wanna hear what you would tell a new investor as far as how much time they should expect to put in to obtaining their first rental and how much money they should expect to put in to obtaining their first rental. Uh so from a timing perspective, it really varies. So we've had two very different experiences for two very different markets. Mm -hmm. Um, if you for your first, I would recommend it be someone involved so you can learn about the process um, because we didn't really know anything about it until we went through it, mm -hmm. which is why we were so comfortable kind of pushing it along for the second one. Um, and then from a monetary perspective, it, that's a tough question because it depends what you're buying. Um, you can buy a small cabin or you can buy a large triplex in Philly and then you have to furnish it accordingly. So um, we were like Michelle mentioned earlier, pretty involved in the furnishing of the first one. But I would say that the furnishing of the second one of the Poconos is definitely more detailed as it pertains to like the atmosphere we were trying to create. Mm -hmm. So what you put in is what you're going to get out of it um, from a return perspective um, from the bookings. So I don't know, I would say not to comment on, I guess, any down payments, but I will say that anywhere between like 10 and 20 grand would be great from a furnishing route um but again it's what you put in is what you're going to get back so and for the time too i want people to know that it's manageable we both had full-time 
jobs, working from home. So that means not 40 hour work weeks. It was like 60 hour work weeks that we were just working so much, but we were still involved in the development of our properties. Um, yeah. More so I'll say for Philly, because like Skylar had said, the Poconos one was a pretty quick, pretty quick process yeah. for us. But in the, at the time when we were very hands-on with the beginning of our Philly property, that's, that's something that we were both able to do and even have private time to communicate aside from the calls that we had. Um, that's something we were able to handle during one of the craziest times of our, our work lives. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Is there any other like hidden things that kind of came up that you guys weren't expecting that other people should know when they're trying to get into it? The hidden things I would say are probably the damages because like it is a rental you have to expect things are that will be damaged and it's and it's just part of the process um so you can't let that really affect kind of what you're you're seeing from a, a management perspective or a, a stay perspective because it's just it's inevitable it's going to happen and you just have to allow your maintenance team to handle it accordingly so that's not something that we even thought of right off the bat, but it's, again, it's, it wasn't really too, um, I guess, taxing on us because we, we understood it as soon as it started happening. And I guess one thing I'll throw in there, it's not really hidden, but something that I didn't realize at first is that I thought that this is going to be like a second vacation home for us <laughs> when we first bought it. I'm like, oh, cool. We could just go down there every month and just visit people. I did not realize how much money the weekends make. <laughs> so I, as soon as I started to see the the statements coming in, we both looked at each other. We're like, yeah, we're not, we're not doing yeah, that. We're we'll never stay, going we'll stay at a friend's house <laughs> because and we even stay at hotels because we'd rather other people stay at our house than us because of how much money it's making the, on the weekends. Sometimes there's a weekday. If, if we have a vacancy on like a, a Wednesday to a Thursday, sure. We'll stop by, but. It, I didn't realize how little we'd be going to the houses, which is kind of cool because we don't live close, but I really thought that we were building a portfolio of investment slash vacation homes. So <laughs> this is something that it's, it's kind of like a nice surprise in that way. Yeah, I'm sure it's a little bit of a letdown. Then you're like, ah, but I'm making so much money. Yeah. I don't really care. <laughs> we'll pay for the nice hotel. <laughs> yeah. And especially when your, your rental isn't like suitable for like a couple to be visiting. I think that's what a lot of people don't factor in. It's like, if you're buying an investment that holds eight to 10 people, you're going to want the eight to 10 people to stay and then cash a little bit of that out and just go get somewhere that makes sense for two people. To yeah. stay. Like the accommodation. Absolutely. And I think down the road, I would love to have a smaller cabin or whatnot, something small where we can do something like that because we definitely want to diversify our portfolio, not just have these massive properties that have, you know, 10 people, or more we would love to have something that's like a little bungalow it hurts less to take a smaller place offline to stay in it too yeah uh, but i think a lot of people and i see this a lot with people who are interested in buying shore houses or houses in the poconos they they really think that it's going to be somewhere that they're going to go stay and use and then they can just turn it on and off like a switch for for when it's a rental but you don't realize how either emotionally invested or unemotionally invested you get in the property mm -hmm. um, because everything always tends to go down either the investment road and you don't really get emotionally into it and you'd rather just see the money 
or it gets into the point where you're so emotional about it. Like you stayed there for a couple of weeks that summer and now you don't want anyone else in your shore house because it's your place. <laughs> you're, you move some stuff into it. Like it gets yeah. very hairy when you try to mix the two. And I think it's super important to invest with the mindset of I'm going to rent this out or I'm not. Yeah. I think you definitely need to know what you want going in because if you're looking for that shore house where you're going to stay there half the time, you want to look for something that has like a locked room that you could just keep all your personal stuff in. But for us, that's not what our plan was. So full range of the house and anyone can go anywhere. Love it. All right. Uh, but now we're going to go into a little sort of the Eggman ending segment of the show. It's called the live free three. It's three questions we ask every guest that comes on our show. And they're more like um, personal questions, not so much real estate related. Um, so the first one is what is your favorite investing book or podcast and why? So my favorite book would be Rich Dad, Poor Dad um, by Robert Kiyosaki, because as a child, I mean, I read that book. That was definitely the first investment book that I read. It was right out of college. As a kid, my dad taught me to find a career, work hard, put your money in your 401k plan. And then when you retire, you'll live comfortably. So that's been my mindset for so many years to just work, 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 put money in investment portfolios, um, more so, you know, high yield savings accounts, 401k. And then when I read this book, I realized, wow, this is a completely different perspective than what I grew up with. And there's other ways that you could get to financial freedom and not have to work until you're 60 years old. So, and, and then enjoy your life. So I think Skylar and I, we both share the fact that we don't want to wait until we're 60 to retire. We want to retire when we're young and we also want to enjoy our life while we're young. We don't want to have work take over all the hours of the week. So that book really sparked my interest in figuring out what different methods are out there that I could pursue to achieve the financial freedom. Totally. Yeah. And I love that. Um, Skylar, you got a book or podcast? Yeah. So I'm not really the biggest reader as it pertains to books, but I'll read a ton of articles um, on whatever topic that we're talking about. Um, and then honestly, I've listened to the live free pod a bunch just because it just directly relates to the markets that we're jumping into. I know, like, obviously I'm on the pod now, but from a podcast standpoint, I'm either listening to sports podcasts <laughs> or I'm listening to the free pods. So, um, or I'm listening to Michelle talk about what she read. Yeah. So, um, the cliff notes living vicariously yeah, through much. her reading and what you guys are, what you guys are talking about. Love it. All right. Second one. And this is a big one is what is your biggest goal this year? And why is it important to you guys? Yeah, so I'll talk about 2023. Uh, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. Uh, we, we're moving back to Pennsylvania no matter what. Um, <laughs> we're going to find a way. Uh, it's either going to be a house to live in or it'll be an investment property. So I think what's what's probably going to happen is we find an investment property. Um, we live somewhere around Easton, Pennsylvania or Forks Township, uh, kind of close to where I went to college and the midpoint of kind of where we're aiming to be from for a work standpoint. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the biggest goal is to get the next house um, on top of like our, our own personal goals. Yeah. And I'll throw one personal goal in there too. Um, wedding aside, now I'm getting back on track to studying. I'm getting ready to take my real estate salesperson exam. So personal goal for me is to kick off my real estate career with my new name because everyone knows me my maiden name, but I really want to kind of build a name for myself in this industry and kind of kick that off as fast as possible. We're just waiting for the marriage certificate. 
There was a typo on it. We didn't tell you that, JD. There was, they had the wrong date down for our, our wedding. So we had to send it back. Oh, delaying the process a little bit. Yeah, just okay. a little bit. <laughs> You'll still be good for, for next year. Michelle yeah. Rose Lash, real estate <laughs> rock star of 2023. You heard it here first. Woo! Alrighty, so then we have one last question for you guys. It's what kinds of people are you looking to connect with? I would say anyone interested or involved in the space. Um, we're still only a few years in, so we'd love to learn more from experts in the real estate world. I know I just went to a, an event that Tyler was speaking at down in Philly a couple of weeks ago, and it was just so cool listening to all these different professionals and people who started from the ground up in this industry. So love to meet people like that. We also want to help anyone who might be on the fence about taking the plunge. I mean, we are out of state investors and I know that there's a lot of people thinking about this and not sure if they should buy the house down the road or 20 minutes away, but we would love to meet more people who are on the fence. Um, looking back, having friends like JD to bounce questions off of and really hold our hand through the beginning made our experience so smooth um, and it really helped us to get us where we are right now. So just to be a friend for people who are in that situation where we were a couple of years ago, we're both super open people and really honestly just want to help people. I heard recently that there's a course that was, I think $4,000 just for a few hours to, for someone to learn what this is. And I'm like, $4,000, like just come over for coffee and I'll talk, I'll talk to you. Like I'm not the same person, but I'll tell you everything I know. So I think that that's something that we'd love to help people. Awesome. Yeah, so let me take a crack at a couple questions here for you guys as we uh, finish off the segment here. Um, I want to know how people can connect with you to follow up on that last question. So we'll start there. Yeah, so you can follow our Instagrams. Um, Lash Properties is our properties Instagram. My personal is Skylar the Sloth. And then <laughs> Michelle's is Michelle Rose Lash. Oh, you definitely heard it here first. <laughs> cool. Um, now, I just want you guys to leave uh, new entrepreneurs who are looking to get into short-term rentals with, with a piece of advice. Like, what is the first step? Like, what do you want them to be doing? Yeah, so um, risk is the your down payment to your success. Um, you got to take a shot on yourself. You can't be afraid. You can't be entirely risk-averse because you have to let your money work for your work for you. Mm -hmm. um, if it's sitting in a bank account for years upon years, it's not, I mean, it'll make you some money, but it's not going to do the same thing that's jumping into real estate. Well, um, we've yeah. only been in our journey for a year and a half and we've already have three properties and that's just a testament to like the structure of the short-term rental. So it's been, it's been great that we took that shot. Um, you just can't be risk adverse to the a non-traditional method. Yeah, I sure. love that sentiment. I mean, so many people are, are afraid and I've heard this a lot lately where people will tell me, yeah, I only have 10, 15, 20K and if I buy this house and I spend 19 of my 20K, I have nothing. I'm like, well, no, you have you have a house, yeah. um, which will, will make you a lot more in the long run. And if, if you don't buy the house, then you're just gonna have 20K and, and no house and be in the same spot you were in six months ago. Uh, so I think it's really cool that you're, you're pushing the risk there and, and the reward from it. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, what do you got for us? 
he kind of just merged our answers right there. So I was all about the don't be afraid. Don't let your money sit in a bank account. I know that the high yield numbers are climbing right now. I get emails every day for my Marcus account. They're like, oh, refer a friend, get 1% higher. But I'd rather refer friends to invest in short-term rentals because they make way more money than I did sitting around watching that grow for a couple of years. Um, but yeah, like Skylar said, there's you just got to pull the trigger because the, you might be a little nervous and you might not know, but reach out, talk to people, build your comfort up a bit before you actually dive in, learn about what this process is and get out of your comfort zone. Um, we did that. And we, I mean, I, I took a little bit more convincing because I was so afraid to let that money go. <laughs> so no, I'm saving that for my first home. And I thought I'd get another car next year, but really, really making a wiser investment decision right there. Absolutely no regrets. And like Skylar said, it's just kind of catapulting us forward to just keep on doing it. So don't be afraid, just do it. Yeah. And uh, what I love about that is kind of what you've touched on with the, the interest rates. Um, you were getting a high yield, but at the same time, housing historically has gone up. Um, and if prices aren't going up, that's probably an indication that interest rates have gone up so you can afford less house. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's almost like when you're saving up for your first house and you're trying to fill the bucket with enough water to invest, you're fighting against inflation. So every time you pour some water in, a little bit is, is squeaking out of the bucket. And if, yeah. if you're not dumping the bucket out while it's full, you're only going to be fighting that fight longer and letting kind of the gravity of inflation fight against you. Well sure. said, JD. Wow. That's great. Yeah. I'm not any, what, what is that word that you used, Michelle earlier that you do? What? Uh, <laughs> I'm no nutraceutical cyst, but, uh, it sounds a lot fancier than it actually was. <laughs> it's a whole bunch of parties. <laughs> Well, that, I mean, that's pretty much all we have. Um, I, I thank you guys for coming on, taking the time to, to come and talk to some people about how you guys invest out of state and, and how you guys have been so successful, um, even without seeing a place for, for more than six months and then going and purchasing it. Um, thank you guys for trusting us with that process too. Um, really, we appreciate that a lot. Um, but that's pretty much it for the episode. Um, if you guys listening liked it um, and you guys got some value out of it, which you probably did, um, if it if it, even, if it helps you make the step towards investing or even investing out of state like these guys did, um, we, we ask that you leave us a review and maybe we even reach out to these guys and, and ask them a few questions if you want. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, that's all I have for you guys. JD, you got anything? Yeah, I wanted to thank you guys for your trust as well. Uh, it's it's really cool for me to just see things come to life and to see things come to life for for good friends. Um, watching the property in the Poconos and that design come together. I'm constantly raving about that house, showing <laughs> off the listing. Um, it's just something that we can all be proud of at the end of the day. Uh, and it's it's really cool that you guys let us help you with that process. Uh, and thanks for coming on. Um, it's thanks been for cool, having for us. Sure. cool to watch the journey. And I know uh, next year you guys are going to do some really cool things. Um, and it's so nice to see you guys being so willing to help others. So if anyone out there has questions for Skylar and Michelle, definitely reach out to them. Absolutely, guys. Open door. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Yep. For those Thank of you, you. listening, peace.